What is up, Cougar fans? Welcome back to the Holy City Hoops podcast. My name is Tommy. Thank you for joining us. Boy, how about that football game last night? You know, I thought it was going to go one way. It ended up going another way. The better team won last night. I think that's all you can say. Uh, the commercials, some good, some bad. Not as good as years past. And how about that halftime show? I mean, that was something else. I'm just playing with you. Obviously, we are recording this on Sunday after Charleston's sweep of Towson. We're not going to talk about football. We are going to talk about Cougar basketball, where the Cougars are back in the win column. A much-needed sweep of the Towson Tigers this weekend. Here to talk about it is our good friend Ryan Teichler. Back on the show for the second time this season, we are going to talk about Zepp Jasper and Cam Copeland coming through in the clutch. Everything that happened in Saturday's double overtime game the improved defense of the Cougars, and just how they looked coming off of a two-week quarantine break. Finally, we're going to wrap up with a little CAA wraparound, check in on some of the other teams, predict where each team is going to finish, because we are now under a month away from the postseason. CAA tournament is going to get started March 6th, and the Cougars only have a handful of games left. It's hard to believe. Like I always say, please subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or the podcast app of your choice. Let's get into it. All right, friends, Ryan Teichler is back on the podcast today. We are going to talk about both games against the Towson Tigers at home for the Cougars. A much-needed sweep. Ryan, how are you, my friend? Good, Tommy. The Coogie Monster makes his triumphant return to the Holy City Hoops <laughs> podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Well, it's good to have you back. We had uh, we had a good conversation last time, and I think we're going to have a couple different things we need to to talk about today because both these games were interesting. And I don't know if we learned more from the first game or the second game, but let's go in order. Let's start with Saturday's game. Maybe the game of the year for the Cougars, double overtime affair. Cougars pulled this one out 90 to 88. You know, going into this game, I was wondering how Charleston was going to look coming off that two-week break because up until this point, CAA teams coming back from that COVID protocol have not looked very sharp at all. Towson, though, looks like one of the one or two worst teams in the league. They had lost five straight coming in, so you hope you can rally and and get a win at home. Hopefully a sweep, maybe a split at worst, Uh, and Charleston does just that. What did you think of Saturday's game? Because it was a wild one. Yeah, again, um, a, a slow start to the game. You know, four minutes in, I thought we were going to get a typical Towson rock fight of a game where it's 53-51 with 30 fouls and, you know, someone loses a tooth. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, thankfully it loosened up. The pace quickened up. They got some good flow to the game. And, man, we, we were treated to a good one. I think you definitely saw – the effects of the layoff early. Charleston had some bad turnovers. They were like dribbling it off their feet. They were, you know, punching balls off their their knees, uh, out of bounds, just like ugly play all around. And Towson is not like the most aesthetically pleasing team either. This is a stat I double-checked before we started recording, but this to me is, is the story of the weekend because last time this team played against Northeastern, we were concerned about their ability to close out games. Listen to this. With a minute to go in, in regulation, Charleston was behind. With a minute to go in overtime, they were behind. And with a minute to go in double overtime, they were behind. And they still managed to push the game to double overtime and win. So I think that's a great sign. Um, Zepp Jasper and Cam Copeland, will talk about them. But 
good to end up on the right side of a narrow game, uh, especially the first one. That's a great stat. Um, they really didn't play um, very well in the first half. Second half was the return of Zepp Jasper. He was 0-4 in the first half, 21 points in the second half in overtime. He was the difference to me in that game between if you talk about a game of halves, it was Zepp Jasper. Oh, yeah. He, he looks like he should win player of the week easily, you know, especially with only two other games this weekend. Yeah, Zepp was, was a beast in this one. He's turning into like... He's not turning into Joe Cheely, but he's kind of taking on that Joe Cheely Grant Riller role of like, we need a bucket, put it, the ball in Zepp's hands. And he either lulls you to sleep and hits a three or he goes baseline, does that kind of pull up jumper. But he's he's out of that slump he had in early CAA play and he looked like Charleston's best player in both games. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's one of these things that we talked about it last time when we talked is this team is at their best when Zepp and Peyton are being aggressive and assertive and, and really dictating the pace of play. And especially in the second half, I thought Zepp did that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked really good uh, in this, in, in both games. Peyton Willis kind of broke out of his funk. Um, Northeastern was really trying to slow him down, but we need to talk about Cam Copeland too. Uh, the guy, yeah. who hits, the guy who hits the shot to uh, send this game to overtime. So I thought, I thought Charleston was dead in the water with about 20 seconds to go. Uh, Jason Gibson hits two free throws to put Towson up 74-70. And I sent out a tweet that was, you know, I was in a not super chill mood and I thought this game was over, but Zepp gets fouled on a three, which turned out to be a, maybe the biggest play of the game. He sinks all three. Charleston's down just one. Then they foul Thompson, who's like a 60% free throw shooter. He makes both, but they put the ball in Cam Copeland's hands. Pat Scary, I don't know why, decides not to foul and put us on the free throw line to shoot two. And Cam Copeland just very easily sinks the, the shot to, to go to overtime. Big from him. Yeah, casually knocks down the, the game-tying three. I think it was Peyton who was kind of pushing the play and then dumps it off to Cam. And then Cam asked to shoot it and just buries it. But if two weeks ago was the the Brendan Tucker breakout week, mm-hmm. this might be the Cam Copeland breakout week because he was yep. great in both games. And he got a ton of minutes. I think he played 32 minutes in game one. If if my stats are correct, I, I don't have the box score up. 30 minutes. A ton of minutes, 30 minutes. But I think that has to be his season high, maybe disregarding the random D2 game where, where he showed out. But I thought he was great both games this week. Almost had a double-double in the first game. Uh, 10 points, 9 rebounds, uh, 4 for 9 from the field, and very clutch uh, in the second half and in overtime. Also played good defense on Zane Martin. Uh, There's a couple times, and this is kind of skipping ahead to the second game, where Osanachi Smart or Lorenzo Edwards was stuck on Zane Martin, and I was like averting my eyes from the screen. But I thought Peyton Willis and Cam Copeland did the best job on him. Zane Martin, we should say, in Saturday's game was a man possessed. 34 points, 47 minutes, was just going absolutely berserk against the Cougars. Yeah, Danny Johnson talked about it in the first game. And um, first off, props to Everett and Danny. They do a great job. I know they listen to your podcast, but um, yeah. they're really good. So if they're listening, props from the Coogie Monster. <laughs> but yeah, Zane was Zane's a beast. And he's kind of a typical Pat Scary guard. 
where he's big, he's strong. He's six four, but he has that big frame. He likes to attack. Left handed too. Yeah, left handed. And Danny was talking about it on the, the the broadcast that you make him go right. He's a different player, but he's a load um, and logged a ton of minutes. And thankfully, it seems like those minutes kind of got to him in the second game. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Typical Pat Scary team. They're going to crash the glass against you. They're going to get second chance points. They're not going to shoot very well, but they're just going to be physical and tough. And to Charleston's credit, they they matched them. I think they out-rebounded Towson in both games. Um, I think they were even with them on offensive rebounds in this one. Osanachi Smart had 13 rebounds, so he was he was doing his thing. He struggled with some bad turnovers himself as did Brendan Tucker and some other guys, but I thought Charleston played to the strengths that Earl Grant always talks about. And um, Earl Grant has had success with against Pat Scary and Charleston just um, did enough. I mean, Towson goes on that run in the second half. I think it was a 13, nothing run to go from down five to up eight. And it seemed like Zane Martin was just going to, was going to will this team to a win. And then that crazy sequence happens at the end. You go to OT. I think Peyton Willis has a chance to win it in OT, but it's no good. And then Zepp Jasper, I think he's fouled out in the second overtime, right? In that first game? I believe so, yes. Yeah, but before he did, he kind of gave Charleston the the final lead that they had. I know Smart and Tucker missed free throws, which kind of put the put the win in jeopardy, but Charleston pulls it out. Yeah, that last second shot in the corner. Um, yeah, we should talk about that. The ball's in Zane Martin's hand. I didn't think he had time to pass. I didn't think he yep. was going to pass. And then he, when he makes that dish to the corner, I didn't even see the guy on the screen. And then he catches it, releases a wide open three. I'm thinking, oh, God, he's wide open. He got it off in time. And when that ball left his hand, I thought it was in. I told you, no one was more relieved than Brendan Tucker. If you <laughs> yeah, watched oh, replay, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. After he missed that free throw, he like – he looks like he's being electrocuted when that shot like rims out. And then he just so relieved and everyone's celebrating. Actually the celebrating was a little bit muted. I think the guys were just completely gassed by the end of that game. Everyone looks so exhausted. And then, you know, you wonder how a losing team responds from a game like that 24 hours later. Um, and I really think if Coo- if Charleston had dropped that first game, they could have very easily played the role that Towson did on Sunday, which is just like, just don't have the energy and the will power to uh, to come out on top. So it was so crucial for Charleston to win this one because they kind of took that mental edge into the second game. Yeah, that was a big miss um, for potentially the Cougar season. And going back to that reaction, it looked like OC and, and uh, Tucker thought the ball was going to go in, and it was almost a relief when it didn't. Um, but yeah, wild finish. Absolutely great game to watch. But yeah. I, circling back to the first game um, and going back to a Towson player, that kid Thompson's a load, man. He's good. Yeah, I hadn't seen him play. But he's I hadn't either. Very good player. Listed at 6'7", but uh, he seems to be a big 6'7", long arms, active. Um, he was very good in the first game. I think the Cougar front line had their hands full with him. Uh, Edwards, Smart. King even took a couple cracks at him and they were all, all struggling against him. Um, but those guys, to their credit, Charleston's uh, big men did enough. Uh, Lorenzo Edwards had a couple, 
had a late three that was really crucial in, in regulation. And King had some good minutes. I mean, he only played a few minutes, but he had seven points and five rebounds uh, with no Keegan Harvey. So uh, nice, nice little game from him. And uh, Epps had some, some valuable minutes, especially in the second game, but in that first game as well. So props to the, the Charleston front line, always tough against Towson. And they, uh, they kind of held their own just enough. Yeah, the depth was was really the key. Like you were saying, King played 14 minutes, gave you seven, three for four from the from the free throw line, um, and gave you good defensive minutes there. Yeah, Epps is a little undersized, but he he competes down there. But in in the first game, Towson really only played seven guys. Yeah, um, that is not a good got, sign for for the next day. Yeah, a double overtime game where they technically played eight, but one guy got one minute. So, mm-hmm. um, or nine. So they actually played eight, but another guy got 13 and another guy got 14 minutes. So you have your top five players just logging huge minutes. I saw a theory on the CFC fans message board that coach scary was almost playing for the split. Like, because this game was so close, he's like, I'm just going to ride my guys and hopefully we get this one and we get a road split. And that's, that's a nice win for us he kind of sold out for that because in the second game you saw how dead their legs were, especially those guys who logged all those minutes, including Martin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Should we, should we talk about Sunday's game or you have anything else from Saturday? Um, no, I think I'm good on Saturday. Great game. Great win. Gutty win. Congrats to the kids for staying in there and pulling it out. And Cam Copeland, welcome to the party, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he continued that hot streak. In the Sunday's game, uh, Charleston completes the sweep 66-53. Uh, Zepp also has a, a great game in this one. He did not, he was not a no-show in the first half. He kind of started right away, uh, had 10 points, I think, in the first 10 minutes. Um, what did you take away from Sunday's game? My takeaway is, again, Cam Copeland. Hear, hear me out here. If, if I think the Cougars can make a run and be good coming down the stretch of CAA play and maybe making a run in the conference, the player I circle is Cam Copeland. Cause I think, you know what you're going to get from Zepp. I think, you know mm-hmm. what you're going to get from Willis. And I think Tucker's kind of turning the corner where you can rely on him to give you eight to 12 points a game. If we can add a fourth score, cause you know, OC is probably, you know, he's not going to give you 10. There's some other guys that are limited offensively. But Cam can do it, and if he keeps playing at this level and he's consistent, I think we're pretty dangerous. So to see him play well back-to-back nights and you know, with, the, with the opportunity he was given with so many minutes is super encouraging for this team. I forget if it was Danny or if it was Everett who relayed that Coach Grant sees Cam Copeland as the second-best pro prospect on the team uh, behind Brevin Galloway, which – you know, you say that after like the North Carolina game and you're like, what's Cam Copeland? He didn't do anything, but these last couple of games, you, you see why he's such an intriguing player with the size he has and the length and the shooting ability. I mean, he, he buried Towson in, in this game toward, down the stretch after Towson cut it to three or whatever. It was Cam Copeland who hit two long jumpers to give Charleston a cushion, which, which ended up kind of being the backbreaker for Towson. He had a putback dunk in that first game. That was <laughs> Like, Big put back dog. <laughs> never can't remember the last time a, a player from Charleston did something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think Coach Grant had said before this weekend that they had to find a way to play him more, and he he came up clutch. 
Yeah, he really did. Um, another guy I thought I had had a nice game was um, D'Lo Epps. And I saw you, you wrote this on Twitter, and I was thinking the same thing. It's almost like when he takes those long twos, it's those no, 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 yes, <laughs> when he makes it, right? It was, it, it was a roller coaster of emotions because I like D'Angelo Epps a lot. I wish he would do some more dribbling drills because I, I feel a little iffy when he's got the ball. And he, yeah, he, he totally looks off his teammates and he's like, I'm shooting this live with it. And it's usually <laughs> a contested like one-on-one jumper, but they went in today. He was two for two on them. And then he had that dunk. Uh, I think Tucker found him, which was maybe my favorite play of the day. Yeah. I took it hard and threw it down hard on a guy's head. It was someone giving that YOLO head tap thing. <laughs> well, he, he was, um, when Towson cut that lead down, they put D'Angelo Epps in. He gets the steal on the inbounds, the play before the dunk, and then he gets the dunk. So, I mean, props to him because he's an energy guy. He's a Cam Johnson type guy. And you saw like the actual impact that that has. Uh, it's like, it like manifests in, in an actual way on the scoreboard. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought D'Angelo Epps had a really nice game. Yeah, efficient too. Four for six from the field, one for one for three. Uh, again, making the energy plays. I thought he was very good today. Yeah. So this game starts off, and I think you can see how gassed Towson is from the start. They fall behind 17 in the first half. They were one for 10 on threes in the first half. Zane Martin, after that day on Saturday, is your leading scorer for the Tigers with six points at the half. And I think Towson is shooting like 24% from the field. Just look like they're ready to catch the bus back up to Baltimore. Second half, that second win comes. um, And Towson kind of storms back and makes this a game. What did you see from the Tigers or from the Cougars during that stretch when Towson kind of cut into that lead? I was getting a little nervous because I thought Towson had hit the wall. Um, I thought they were completely out of gas. A lot of their shots were coming up short, meaning they didn't have their legs. Then all of a sudden you, you look down, it's a five point game. Then it's a three point game. Um, so little nervous there, but I think it was, was it Peyton who hit the, uh, the responding three or maybe it was Edwards. It's Edwards. Yeah. 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 Edwards hit a big three to give us that, uh, six point cushion again. But the big takeaway is Towson shot three of 18 for three in the second game on the Sunday game. Yeah. Three threes is not going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done, but it goes to our depth. We're able to play more guys. We're able to rotate faster. And like you were saying, Zane Martin just didn't have any energy left. He didn't have his legs under him. He wasn't as explosive as he was in game one. And I think that was the the difference. Yeah. I think, Part of the reason Towson went on that run in the second half was self-inflicted from Charleston. They got a little complacent. I think Danny and Everett both sensed it coming when Charleston was up like 13. It was like, there's a lot of time left. Towson can very easily cut this 13-point lead to nine in the next 30 seconds. And then you would hope that Charleston doesn't start to panic. Um, They did a little bit. They got a little sloppy with the ball. They had some bad turnovers during that stretch. But like I mentioned, Cam Copeland makes those two jumpers. Zepp scores a layup. All of a sudden, you have, I think, a six-point lead. And then I thought the defense down the stretch from the Cougars was very, very good. Um, Even when Towson was trying to crash the glass and get a second chance uh, off an offensive rebound, 
OC, Lorenzo, uh, Copeland, and Epps kind of stood their ground, King two, and stopped stopped Towson from from scoring. Um, I thought that was a uh, a critical stretch of defense for Charleston. Yeah, you know, the, the joke about Towson is their offense is based on offensive rebounds, which means oh, yeah. you know chuck it, expect a miss, and then crash the boards. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Always been that way. It's funny because it's true, right? They play an ugly brand of basketball where they're not even expecting to make the actual shot. It's just crash, make it ugly, f- scrap. Um, you know, Jarrell Brantley calls them the football team. Yep. Um, but yeah, I thought our, our guys in low posts played played well, matched their physicality. And Earl Grant talked about this in the post game with with Everett and Danny is they had Zepp and the guards also crash the offensive glass so the bigs could focus on boxing out and uh, the guards could, could swoop in for some rebounds. So I think you're right. I think our interior defense and rebounding um, w- was the key. And the thing is uh, about that Towson style, and I know their fans have been frustrated with the lack of a CAA final appearance, but – if you build that team on defense, on rebounding, on toughness, that doesn't translate in a back-to-back game, especially after a double overtime. Like the guys just, you need legs to play that style of, of basketball. And you saw it not work in this game. Um, I know they were missing some bigs due to COVID protocol, um, which probably would have helped them. But that's also evidence for why I think Scary was trying to go all out to win that first game because I don't I don't know how successful Towson can be with this the schedule this year with their style of play. Yeah, that is a good theory that Scary is just trying to go for it in game one. But I don't like Towson. And I, I just don't like their style. It's always kind of sloppy games, physical games. It tends to set offensive basketball back 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't like playing Towson. Hard to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not not the most entertaining uh, brand of basketball. I'm trying to think what else. You know, the the young guys on this team, still some good and some bad this weekend. We talked about Epps. Rough turnovers sometimes when he tries to dribble too much, but he gives you, you know, defense and toughness. Tucker had some nice plays in game two. I think he had a, a reverse and one. He had a, a big offensive rebound where he got fouled. Uh, King had some good and some bad. Just hope for more good than bad with those guys. Uh, Davian Houston hit a three in the first game, didn't play in the second. Any thoughts on the the freshmen and the sophomores? Yeah, I thought Tucker was good uh, in the second game. Three three for three from the free throw line, which really was his bugaboo his freshman year. Mm -hmm. We talked about it before. He's so quick. Um, It's just going to be a a matter of finishing. Um, Call Grant Riller, go to the Grant Riller (laughs) school finishing. but we saw the flashes two weeks ago when he was able to finish. He's just so quick. He's going to be able to get to the rack and that's going to get him to the line. If he's consistent from the free throw line, he's going to be a very effective player down the stretch. And especially next year kind of, kind of stinks that we didn't see Davian and uh, Keegan, but I, I heard that Keegan's still in the protocol, right? Yeah, so Keegan was the player who tested positive. Uh, I think his roommates and probably some other players who were close to him were the ones uh, who had to quarantine the most. And I think Keegan, uh, like today, was the last day he had to quarantine. So he should be good to go next weekend. 
yeah, it's going to be nice to have him back, get him some more minutes, get him some experience. Um, like we, we talked about this before, he's an intriguing prospect. If he adds a little bit of foot quickness uh, and refines some of his skills, he's going to be a damn good player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm high, I'm high on, on Harvey for sure. Um, Tucker, the first step in the quickness is an elite trait that he already has. Uh, he just needs to kind of round out the rest of his game, and, and he's going to be a nice player. But his maturation, uh, even with kind of a down weekend, is, is still really intriguing for this team. So bigger picture now. Uh, Charleston, back to a winning record in the CAA. Tigers have now lost seven straight uh, so Towson looks like they're going to be in, in the play-in round. And coming to TD Arena next weekend is Elon, who at the time that we are recording this is still the only winless team in the league. So as I mentioned at the top, you've got to kind of store these wins when you can get them. Um, four games at home against the bottom feeders. You hope to go 4-0. Um, do you have any thoughts on on where the Cougars are at or, or where the uh, how the CAA stacks up? Yeah, I think this team is getting better. The complaint that I had early in the season and a lot of guys on the CFC fans message board um, were mentioning the same thing was kind of the standing around on offense. Yep. And the ball would get static and you, they would have to settle for long threes, ISO threes at the end of the shot clock. I didn't see any of that this week. There was really good ball movement really good off ball movement, guys cutting, guys being active, and especially the guards being more assertive and aggressive. And that was kind of my big takeaway as um, we, we watched this team play is the offense looks much better. Yeah, I had mentioned this a couple weeks ago. It probably takes some time to adjust to life without Grant Riller because he was such uh, like gravity for for defenses and offense too. There are so many times we could give him the ball and he'd bail you out. And then I think earlier in the year, Brevin Galloway kind of stepped into that role where he kind of inherited that position. And I think a lot of guys deferred to Brevin. And then you remove Brevin and now guys are starting to look a little bit more comfortable in their roles. Um, their responsibilities kind of spread out more uh, across different players. And then you see guys like Copeland and Tucker emerge and, and play really well. And even Harvey or, or King or somebody like that. Um, I agree though. I think the team is getting better and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if a lot of these guys come back next year, um, I think it's more encouraging than we probably felt uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think they are in the top half of the CAA. Um, but man, the CAA is just so hard to handicap right now with the stoppage in play with COVID. Um, I, I don't know. I, I want your thoughts on where do you think the pecking order of, of the CAA is? I think Northeastern's still probably the team to beat, but I think JMU is right behind them. Then I'd probably put Hofstra as the third best team. Charleston, after their home stand against Elon, will go to Hofstra and we'll learn a lot more about both teams then. But I think we're right there. I think we're probably fourth best team right now. I think Drexel could probably make a case for it. But I think I think Charleston should be focused on getting a bye in the tournament. I think that's a very achievable goal. Um, they just need to take care of business against Elon. And then they finish with a home and home against UNCW, 
which should be at least a split, you would hope. I mean, UNCW is always tough, but I think any of those four teams can win. Uh, JMU is the hardest team to to kind of gauge because of all the stoppages they've played. But um, they, they did pick up a win against Northeastern, so they look good. Yeah, on the second half of a back-to-back, which is tough to do against a Pellin team, and, and Matt yeah. Lewis can really play. Um, but yeah, I had those guys as my top three too. It's Northeastern, JMU, Hofstra. And then I would probably put us fourth right now. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, it's kind of a jumble. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Um, with teams playing different amounts of games and you know different quality of, of opponents, uh, you know, you might be playing a team where a guy has to be sitting out like Towson had this weekend and kind of like Charleston had with, with Harvey. And it's going to come down to winning percentage and that's going to get dicey. Um, that could really send a good team to the play in round or, you know, have a bad team get a buy. Um, it's going to be interesting, but the only thing Charleston can control is beat the teams that are ranked below them, uh, which they need to do starting next weekend. Yep. And sweep Elon. Got to sweep Elon. Um, Elon, I had picked as like a dark horse. I, I do think they have a lot of talent and they haven't shown it yet, but uh Yeah. It's still a team you should go 2-0 against, I think. Yeah, I agree. They're they're a year away, um, but I thought they'd be better this year too. So they're a little bit um, surprising that they, they're 0-5 in the CAA this far. Yeah. Ryan, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man. Nice to have a sweep. Um, there's a big game on tonight. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard about that. Yeah, uh, apparently they, they do football, too, around these parts. Not, not, not uh, too familiar with that sport. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know who I'm going to pick in that game, but um, it, it's, it's a great, great day for sports overall. Great day for sports. Great to have Cougar basketball back. Great to go 2-0 and on the weekend. Uh, good vibes all around. Brian, appreciate you coming back on, man, talking Cougar hoops with me, and uh, we'll let you get out of here. Anytime, my friend. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, buddy.